Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. The Bear of Texas, and the 2023 NFL Draft is officially over. Done, kaput, over. And the Dallas Cowboys obviously made some picks that, quite frankly, didn't exactly go the way I had truly hoped for. In other words, the Dallas Cowboys did surprise me. Dare I say, the Cowboys rather shocked me. Because that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. So the million dollar question is this. Was this draft for the Cowboys a tremendous success or an abject failure? I want you all to think about that very, very thoroughly. A tremendous success or an abject failure. Because right now, honestly, I'm extremely dumbfounded with how the way the Cowboys operated in this draft. Maybe perplexed as well, somewhat disappointed, but right now, honestly, I just do not know what to expect because you all know who I am, and you all know that, for those of you that have been listening to me for a very long time, you all know that I'm in a position to where I do not expect any miracles from the Dallas Cowboys. Whatever happens, I believe it when I see it. So it's hard for me to basically give the strongest, most solidified recap as far as kind of giving a grade. That's why for those of you listening, okay, for those of you listening, whether you're listening to me on Spotify, Apple, Google, or YouTube, I want you to give me your thoughts. Did the Cowboys do a good job or did they do bad? What do you grade them? Do you give them an A? An A minus, a B, a B minus. Whatever you have to say about the draft, ladies and gentlemen, I am open to hearing. I want to know what you think. So for those of you listening on Spotify, etc., find me on Twitter. It's at Bearman of Texas. It's just TX. No need to spell it out. Find me and tweet out to me your thoughts. I would strongly appreciate it. And if you're listening on YouTube, then give your thoughts below in the comment section. So ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Well, the way the first round went, the pick that the Cowboys got, I'll take responsibility for the fact that I do believe I may have I may have exaggerated big time. Because clearly I did not get what I wanted. The Cowboys did not give me what I wanted. Okay? And clearly in life, you're not going to get exactly what you want whenever you want. I mean, sometimes you're not going to get what you want, period. But I was totally sold on the fact that Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, was the guy. He was basically, at, the, at that point, fully solidified and absolutely poised to become the next Dallas Cowboys star tight end. Especially because he was drawing many comparisons to Jason Witten, but as I said, a comparison is just an opinion. Michael Mayer ended up going to the Las Vegas Raiders, and he was actually drafted in the second round. So the Cowboys went with Mozzie Smith, a defensive tackle out of the University of Michigan. So when I say that I believe I may have exaggerated because the way I, the, optis, the optimism that's kicking in is hitting me like this. The Dallas Cowboys, as we know, struggled terribly against the opposing run last season. And Mozzie Smith has that superior potential to basically help the Cowboys in that particular problem. I mean, Mozzie Smith, I've seen the tape. 
The dude is talented. Don't get me wrong. He definitely has great potential, and I am no doubt excited to see what he can do for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, of course, you know, reading the draft profiles and everything, you know, there's a lot of things to basically to understand, but a couple of a couple of critics or sources rather said that he's he was more projected to be a second or third round draft pick sort of talent. But when it comes to basically kind of going like that, this is basically down the Cowboys alley. Now the overview basically indicates that Mozzie Smith has a blend of size and quickness, which is a good rate. And he has the ability to punch and control a base block with a relative ease, but it does acknowledge the fact that he struggles to match an initial movement with move blocking, okay? Which, unfortunately, will affect his ability to be effective, all right? So that, that, that's a little bit of stuff that we can't, you know, that can't be, you know, unnoticed. But then again, it just, it just goes to show that he's got a lot to learn as he makes the move from college football to the pros, and that goes for everybody. Now, again, now yeah, according to this, he was also drafted, uh, projected to be a second-round pick if possible. But NFL, but Lance Zerline, the NFL analyst, had him projected as a first or second rounder. Now, the strengths include an ability to possess rare combination of, of size and athleticism, the power to punch and lift blocker under his pads, the ability to slide, swim, and seize the gap, and foot quickness. To be part of a twisting rush unit. Okay. Now the cons include a slow reaction to movement that gets him sealed. A surprising lack of anchor consistency against the double team. And unlikely to see many passing downs as a pro. But also motor runs out of gas when the tempo heats up. That could basically mean a variety of things. But as I basically explained because this is what I kind of do about the picks. Mozzie Smith, obviously, as great as he is, he's obviously got some stuff to work on. But as I've said many times, that goes for all the potential NFL prospects. So Mozzie Smith is going to make his way to down, if he hasn't already. And he's going to get to work immediately. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's already gone to work because he knew that no matter who drafted him, he would have a lot to learn and a lot to work on as he basically is moving on to the pros now. When you go from the world of college football to the world of the uh, of the pros, it is a complete new transition, okay? You are in a whole new world, buddy. So you've got to basically get it together. You better start going because you are going to school big, big time. So as far as Mozzie Smith goes, not the pick I truly had hoped for, but he was included in many, many mock drafts. So, so for right now... My level of optimism as far as Mozzie Smith goes is out there. And I'm, a, I'm actually going to basically, we'll have to wait and see. Because let's keep in mind, last year I was, not I was not thrilled with who the Dallas Cowboys selected. And let me remind everybody that back in 2013 when the Cowboys drafted Travis Frederick, we were all very disappointed with that pick. And look how that turned up. So as far as Mozzie Smith goes, he definitely has potential. With his size and ability, I'm sure he can do a lot of a lot of damage to the opposing offense. So we'll have to wait and see how the story plays out. But Mozzie Smith, welcome to the Cowboys. Alright. Moving on. Well, the second pick I think is what really got a lot of people upset. Okay. Because, and this one honestly rather disappointed me as well. But the Cowboys got another Michigan player. 
Luke Schoonmaker. And what's really disappointing for me is the fact that the Cowboys th this time passed on Darnell Washington. Okay? But Luke Schoonmaker, you know, I think it, 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 a lot of people are kind of really worried because he's going to be 25 years old by the time the... In September, he'll be 25. Now, he did stay in college for an extra year, so I think his age is already beginning, is already concerning for some people. But for me, I'm not really gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna let it get, you know, I'm not really gonna get, let it get too deep in my head because there's really, honestly, at the end of the day, there's no need, there's no need for it, really. There's really, honestly, no need for it. Um, so looking at, at the, at the, uh, and what he's able to do it again from, from studying his uh, his draft profile, okay, I mean, he did play. You know, he started out as a reserve in 2018, but you know, was was a reserve, you know, for for a, a lot of time, and he's actually been compared to Dawson Knox. But his overview indicates a versatile combination tight end capable of performing a variety of tasks in one, two, or three tight end sets. Okay, so that's one thing. Okay, now lo looking at at it further, he does need to kind of bulk up a little bit. So again, that, that's some of the things that you know a, that a, a rookie has to work on as he, you know, makes his way as he's now in the pros. But but with an athletic talent to run slightly exp an expanded route tree, but he, he does need to be able to do a better job of basically being a little bit more aggressive for catching you know in space and in traffic. So with extended hands, but. Honestly, you know, and his overview basically concludes with the fact that basically it's going to take him basically more than a year for him to be solidified for him to be solidified as you know as a superstar tight end. I mean, this is why honestly I did I really had my I really was really scratching my head when the Cowboys took this pick and when Darnell when Darnell Washington, the other guy was still there, but the strengths do include. An ability to get off the ball and into the routes with adequate quickness and fluid feet to get in and out of route breaks, able to drop and dig out of low throws, you know, keeps a wide base and throws his sustained blocks, impressive feet with hand resets as a base blocker. But the the weaknesses include that he has an ability to fail on the imposed in size on smaller defenders in coverage and has a low rate of success when catching in, in the crowd, which means if he is under heavy traffic, he does not really excel at that. So that's a problem right there. And he has a below average radar and has to make adjustments as a lead blocker. So basically, if they're saying that there's some hiccups involving run blocking as well as catching a heavy traffic, that right there is the huge cause for concern. Because Michael Mayer heavily excelled as both a run blocker as well as a pass catcher. That's why I was fully sold on the fact that Michael Mayer should be a Dallas Cowboys right now as we speak. But it didn't happen, and it is what it is. So, it's honestly, again, rather unfortunate, but right now, you know, this this is what the Dallas Cowboys felt was right, so. But the overall grade for Luke Schoonmaker is at 78, so. That's why it's extremely hard to be convinced, you know, with with this particular with, with this particular pick. So now moving on to the third pick, okay. Now this pick, I was actually like, okay, this this may this may be something cool. Demarvian Overshawn, 
The linebacker at the, at the University of Texas, okay? And according to the pre-draft analysis on ESPN, and I quote, a rangy run defender who closes well and flashes strong striking power, okay? And has quickness to beat blockers to the point of the attack and has length to keep blockers off of his frame. So basically, he has potential of really being a player that can basically strike fear, you know, in opposing players as well. Now, that's how it was in college, but we'll have to see how this plays out in the pros. Now, the post-draft analysis basically says now, you know, of course, it, it mentions that he, he could very well blend in with Micah Parsons, which I'm sure he can. Now, basically, it says that he can basically provide some positional versatility. So, if Micah Parsons is, is going after the running back, you know, Demarion Overshone is basically in a position to where he can basically make sure that if, they're, if the opposing offense is running a fake, then maybe he can be in a position where he prevents it from working. I mean, we'll have to see how things go, but but according to the post-draft analysis, you know, from uh, Matt Miller, right now he's basically, basically Overshone is basically seeing that he's going to ex excel more and see more time, you know, as a special teams player rather than, than as a starter. But I'm not. I really. I am curious to know what the NFL, what his NFL draft profile will have to, would have to indicate out of this particular situation. But you know, Demarvian overshowed. I mean, didn't really didn't expect that to happen. But but it happened. So you know, and you know, he was projected to be a third or fourth round pick. So so the Cowboys, you know, obviously got him in the third round. But but his overview basically. Basically reminds us that he was he was for he formerly played at the, at the safety position But and it mentions that how he has strongly improved his ability with his feet and the recognition over the last three years playing for the Longhorns and Basically, but it also does stress the fact that he needs to bulk up and be more effective at taking on blockers and being able to tackle so but it does also mention that his that the tape says that he's improved in key reading and play recognition. So basically, he he's he's basically he's improved a lot. I mean, you know, a lot of players do that in, in the preparations before they get drafted. I mean, it's about being one step ahead. I mean, you want to be ready to go. Like when you're drafted by a team, especially in the lower rounds, you want to basically show that you've already been working and improving, so you can convince them early on that you do deserve to be on this team. Because let's be honest, nothing's guaranteed in this league. Nothing's guaranteed in life, period. But but it does say, to, to conclude the overview, that he's been overshown, excuse, that overshown struggles to hold up downfield in the running attack, but but he has instincts, you know, and talent, you know, creating the blitzes, basically, and basically now he, he can possibly ex excel as a nickel-dime linebacker, which I'm sure is something that the Cowboys can definitely use, but, but look at, at the strengths, you know, Displays adequate patience to diagnose and process. So basically, he will basically mentally kind of picture the scene and kind of understand what needs to be done. And I'm sure that maybe that gives him the potential to be able to improvise because improvisation is crucial for the Cowboys. It's crucial on defense regardless. But also mentions that he's got excellent awareness to routes when dropping into coverage and an athletic blitzer when the number is called. So the fact that he excels as a blitzer that right there is basically giving me some hope. And that's incre that's increasing the level of optimism for me big time. But again, we can't ignore the weaknesses. And the weaknesses include frame is sleek but, but a little slender, has trouble sitting down and leveraging on run fits, and needs to get off his blocks more and be able to tackle a little bit more cleanly, but allows too many broken tackles in open space. 
So I'm glad I mentioned those. Now, allows too many broken tackles in space and basically struggles against the opposing run. So basically, it's clear to me that he's got a really, he's got a lot to work on. But if Micah Parsons is going after the quarterback, then, and if Overshown is seeing action, you know, playing alongside Parsons, then Overshown knows that he's going to have to basically, like that, he's going to have to actually understand that costly mistakes are going to cost the Cowboys, but at the end of the day, it's going to cost him, you know, play, significant playing time. And for a talent like Overshown that's got a lot of potential, and a lot of people I know are excited about this pick, um, I want I want DeMarvin, DeMarvin, excuse me, Overshown, you know, to, to succeed, so... So hopefully, you know, that's the way, we'll just have to wait and see. So now the fourth round. Viliami Fihoko, a defensive end out of San Jose State University. Well, no, that, that was definitely uh, something I, I never really would have expected. But the pre-draft analysis mentions a quick work of tight ends defending the run and, r and rushing the passer. A disruptive run defender who anticipates the snap, fires off the ball, and knocks blockers back <laughs> the first sentence right there now that right there is the eye catching and that's basically saying this dude has got potential so you know a lot of a lot of potential for a fourth round draft because let me say this again a disruptive run defender who anticipates the snap fires off the ball and knocks the blockers back and has a powerful is a powerful rusher okay and he can chase with good effort so basically, that tells me that this defensive end out of San Jose State University can cause chaos on the opposing offense, and that's what we need. And I should and I should go back to speak about Mozzie Smith because I didn't mention this earlier. Mozzie Smith also has excelled as a pass rusher, and it seems to me that Viliami Fihoko also does it as well. So now think of it like this: you have Micah Parsons, you have Vil, uh, Viliami Fihoko, and you have Mozzie Smith. Three guys that can truly excel at the pass rush. Look at that. Now you've got a triple threat defensive effort in the pass rush. A triple threat right there. Okay? Double is good, but triple is better. Honestly. And the Cowboys, as far as the defensive line is concerned, it's not only about being able to stuff the opposing run. It's about getting to the freaking quarterback. It's about getting through the freaking quarterback. And in order to do that, you have to put the blockers flat on their back okay you have to beat the blockers and you have to do it immediately immediately catch the opposing offense by surprise if you can put a blocker on his butt immediately the quarterback is going to be under so much pressure that he's probably gonna have no choice but to throw the ball away or basically you you could basically if, if you can get to him in time not only can he sack him and it causes the opposing offense to lose yardage but you know what if you get lucky, he will cough up the ball, and if you get it, you can basically immediately take over, and the pressure is on them, and then boom. Great things can happen. So I'm going to be honest with you. It seems to me that Viliami Fihoko is immediately basically saying, now that I'm reading this, that I've got in my notes, my eyes are being opened, okay? And I'm glad, because this is what we need to see. So that's, the, that's from ESPN. Now I'm curious to know what the NFL draft profile had to say. So, I mean, Viliami Fihoko, I mean, all, all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, this dude might be a, a guy, you know, that I'm certainly going to keep my eye out on. But then, you know, we mentioned, you know, Tristan Hill, how that experiment failed. And, I, and I'm basically saying, look, whatever happened with Tristan Hill happened, but you know what? That's in the past. Let's move on to the future, folks. Well, well, look at that. He He's a second cousin of former Tampa Bay defensive tackle Vita Vieja. 
An honorable mention at the All San Francisco Metro senior season at St. Francis High School. Wow. But the, in the overview, look at that. It, his size, his body type, requires teams to decide whether they want him to play base, base end on a 4-3 or ask him to put on some weight so that he could basically be moved as a hybrid defensive end or a tackle on a 3-4 defense. Well, it seems to me like this dude, if, if this dude is playing, is in the defensive line, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like Viliami Fihoko can excel at whatever. All you got to do is basically throw, throw him a bone, give him the opportunity, and he's going to give you the results. But basically, it mentions he's got great production in both phases over the last two seasons, okay? Not considered an anchor base as teams like to, due to lack of coverage. He has a nasty spin counter that could be effective as a sub-package sub rusher and mentions his strength, his toughness, and being active with talent to become an NFL backup. Okay. So basically, according to this, maybe he's not poised to be a starter, but if he's got if, if he's got enough talent to be at least be a backup, you know what, at, le at least at the end of the day, that's a start because if he does tremendously well and he puts the Cowboys in a position, specifically Dan Quinn, he gives Dan Quinn no choice but to put him as a starter. Then fine, but 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 obviously right now again you know for for him basically to say that he's strong, tough, and active with the talent to become an NFL backup, it just goes to show that if he puts in the hard work, he can certainly basically turn the doubters into believers. So, but for me right now, I, I don't want to say that he's going to be a backup the entire time. Basically, he may start up, he may start out as a backup, but you know what? You got to work your way up. At the end of the day, that that's all it's all about. You start at the bottom, you work your way up. That's how it goes. So looking at the strengths, play demeanor can be aggressive. That's huge. Uses bull rush to knock tackle off balance before countering. Violent hand slap and soften the edge. An above average short area foot quickness. Look at that. And the weaknesses do include, might not have the body type to stay out on the edge. Inconsistent commanding point of attack with arm extension and anchor. And needs to control pad level on his rush counters inside. Okay, just like everybody else. He's got potential, but he's got a lot to learn and a lot to work on. But again, that right there is all part of the deal. All right, but best of luck to Fehoko. Can't wait to see what, what the future has got in store for him. Basically, he's going to come to Dallas. He's going to get to work immediately. But again, I've said, I'm sure he's been putting the work already. He's just ready to learn the next lesson. Well, well the Cowboys finally addressed uh, the offensive line um, in the next pick. Taking an offensive tackle out of the North Carolina. Asim Richards. Okay. According to the pre-draft analysis. Offensive tackle but may have to move inside the NFL. Basically the potential to develop into a starting guard. Plays with an edge and shows the ability to generate push in the run game. A tough guy to shake when he gets his hands inside. And has the ability to match up better with, pass rush, with power rushers than agile speed in pass protection. So if I said this, so the way I kind of see it is maybe he excel. He's he can excel more when it comes to being a run blocker, but in passing he may not be as good. Now, there's been a lot of lots of offensive line that do a better job in certain categories. Like some offensive line do better when it comes to passing in passing protection than they do in running protection. Now, out of Asim Richards, I mean it, we're definitely gonna. I mean we need the offensive line as far as the Cowboys' offensive line goes. We need an offensive line that can basically block well in both running and passing so that right there is the Cowboys offensive line in a nutshell as far as what we need from them um 
So Asim Richards, it, it, it's really um, I mean, some would say at this point because he's a, he's a fifth round pick, and this was actually a compensatory pick, you know, for the Cowboys. I mean, some people are basically saying, you know, they're kind of like saying, okay, whatever, you know, congratulations, but you know, I I can understand why it, it's hard to basically have the bit of optimism for him, but you know. He has an ability, according to his NFL overview, to clear space when he's centered, you know, into opponents. Unfortunately, though, he does lack body control and hand consistency to, to do so on some regular basis. So, so clearly, it's going to be difficult for him to basically prove himself to the team. But you know, it's difficult. It, it's a difficult task for anybody. But you know, right right now, I, I mean, I see him Richards. I mean, you know, he basically he's probably the guy that we probably see that his chances in the NFL or or probably going to be a, a, as a starter may not be extremely high. Now he can definitely make it as a backup, but but when, when, when you want to play in the NFL, I mean, you don't work your way to be a backup. You work your way to be a starter. But but it does mention because of his drive blocking and, and uh, potential positions with versatility. Basically, it mentions that you know his best thing right now he has he's got a shot of being a, a backup, and that's it. So, but the strengths include. He can carve out space, you know, with drive blocking power. Well developed, developed lower half. You know, he was a three year a three year starter at North Carolina. Can make proper adjustments against twisting fronts. Play play strength benefits him in the scramble situation and protection. And he can climb combo blocks with adequate timing. So that's definitely something you know like that. But he does unfortunately lack athleticism to make all the blocks in space. And he's below average in reactive athleticism and protection. So, the fact that, and I'll say again, below average reactive athleticism and protection. Okay? And fails to find proper footing to square up bull rushers. And might not have to, might not have the slide quickness, you know, to protect outside edge. So, basically, yeah, it shows that he can certainly excel on one particular thing. But, he's got his struggles. But, again, you know, that... Is how it works. I mean, you know, every player is, is going to have their struggle. So, so now, like like that, you know, as, as far as Asim Richards go, I mean, he's definitely going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, you know, at, at this point, you know, he's not guaranteed anything. I, I think honestly, if he's able to make it through training camp, he's going to have to make it through the preseason. So, if he can do well at both training camp and preseason, then Asim Richards will certainly have a spot. You know, on the 53-man roster. But again, it all remains to be seen. But now we get to the sixth-round pick. Well, well, according, according, to, uh, according to this, Eric Scott Jr., the quarterback out of Southern Mississippi, his draft protection projection, excuse me, mentioned that he was a priority free agent. So basically, he was not, he was not projected to be drafted, but he was drafted in the, in the sixth round. So the overview. Scott's size and explosive will immediately jump out to NFL teams. Okay. Unfortunately, he an agility and fluidity are major concerns, and it pertains to staying connected to routes as a main defender. Well, I mean, his overview is, is extremely short. You know, basically, you know, he has attributes needed to win on 50-50 challenges, but it mentions in the conclusion that he needs to play in zone-heavy looks and become well-rounded run defender. So, not really much to say about him, but... Mentions, you know, he bodies up targets and, and challenges the catch. 
squeezes vertical routes and will find the football when he's in position. Quick to jump in off the edge when di when diagnosing a run. So, you know, th this basically reminds me of the draft pick. Uh, the particular dif the, the particular safety the Cowboys got out of Oregon State. I, for I forget his name, but you all know who I'm talking about. So I kind of this kind of reminds me of that situation. So, but it, it mentions again, you know. You know, he has trouble mirroring release fakes and route breaks. Takes inconsistent angles to tackle receivers after the catch. Needs to play with better discipline as a run defender. I mean, basically what I've seen from the weaknesses is, you know, much like everybody else, he's got a lot to work on and he's got a lot to learn. So, that, that's basically the way, the way I see it. He's got a lot to learn. So, um... But this guy, I mean, really at this point, I mean, you know, Eric Scott Jr., really, I mean, while there's no guarantee for him, I mean, there's really no guarantee for anybody. But, you know, when he arrived, you know, he did arrive at Mississippi State in 2020. And basically, and, and last year actually finished with 27 tackles total, two of which were, were for a loss, and did have five pass breakups. And he actually intercepted two passes and, and returned them both to, to the house for a touchdown. So... He had two pick sixes last season, so that's definitely that's definitely that's that's good. But again, you know, we gotta see what he can offer you know, to the table. When he, what we can offer to the table, you know, as he goes to the pros. Now, the pre-draft analysis meant the, the excuse me describes him as a big defensive back with long arms and big hands. Okay, so like that, and you know, and it mentions again, you know, it mentions you know how both he, he intercepted two passes last season and returned them both for a touchdown. So, but it, it does mention he didn't run well at his pro day. So, so yeah, he's definitely gonna have his work cut out for him big time. But it's just how that's just how it goes in the NFL. All right. Well, the uh, Dallas uh, Dallas's other sixth round pick. Well, Deuce Vaughn. Well, a running back out of Kansas State. Well, patient and in size makes it difficult for defenders to track him behind blockers. Has a lot of foot speed to bounce between seams and make defenders miss in the hole. Okay? Opponents will struggle to get a clean hit on him. Okay. Huh. Well, that's definitely like that. Now, uh, now the, uh, the pre-draft analysis is, is definitely showing something, but we got to see... Uh, you know, how it goes uh, with his NFL draft profile. So, I'm really curious. I'm really curious to know. I mean, this is another compensatory pick, you know, for the Cowboys. You know, and honestly, you know, looking at the running back position, you know, right now, it, it kind of seems to me that Tony Pollard is now seriously poised as, as being uh, as being the starter. And it, 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 what's interesting for um, Deuce Vaughn is his dad is the assistant director of college scouting for the Dallas Cowboys. So, so what are the odds? So it mentions that he made an immediate impact. Well, <coughs> that's his player bio. Um, his overview basically mentions that he's basically he's basically been compared to a former uh, Oregon State running back and Atlanta Falcons running back Jaquez Rogers, and basically and mentions that he's got versatility, production, and durability. You know, his lack of size is what teams really are really concerned about, but. He's able to see the field clearly according to this and has no fear and he has great quality contact balance and he can actually find his way to the end zone as both a runner and a, and a receiver. So, 
And he's got a, and, and it, the overview concludes he's got a major history of consistent high end production that makes the climb to success you know achievable. So basically, I mean, if he's, I mean, he could basically very well you know somehow be end up being Tony Pollard's backup, but we'll have to wait and see. Now the strengths do mention you know a durability to carry out heavy workload, which is definitely good. I mean, carrying out heavy workload is going to be heavily needed, and excuse me, can can. Can comfortably in a comfortable way he can navigate through the tight through the tight creases you know like that and he's able to bend in and cut crisp angles so and capable of running routes you know from the slot and empty sets but weakness has mentioned that his measurables fall well below the NFL norm normalities you know at his position I mean th again th that's mentioning about his size problems and he's not built for built for blitz pickups and struggles to find inks instant acceleration after tapping brakes. So, again, we just, I mean, you know, and I'm looking, you know, from the highlights, you know, you know, from his time at Kansas State, I mean, he's definitely fast. I mean, and his size is there, but, you know, when I see his ability to actually catch the ball, you know, kind of like Ezekiel Ed in those basically pattern routes, something like that, I mean, he, he, he does a fantastic job, so, and he can basically r run around and, and evade and break tackles, so, so it, it seems to me, it seems to me that Deuce Vaughn, Despite his size, he shows a tremendous amount of potential that he can he can certainly wreak havoc, you know, you know, at his position. But we'll have to wait. I mean, he was able to do that in college, but the question is, can he do that in the pros? But again, you know, Deuce Vaughn, I really believe, is a guy who he's definitely gonna have you know a certain amount of time, you know, in the preseason. So, but the Cowboys did address you know the running back need, but but Deuce Vaughn, you know, where he's been picked, I mean, nothing's guaranteed, so we got, we got to wait and see how things go at training camp as well as the preseason. But, but now, now that we get to uh, the final pick, Jalen Brooks in the seventh round, a wide receiver out of the University of South Carolina. According to the draft analysis profile, a physical route runner that uses his strength and body position to gain late separation and has long arms and high points to the ball and excels at winning contested balls and is a strong runner after the catch and can break some tackles. And as I say, it's break some tackles. I mean, you can't break every single tackle. But, uh, so really, uh, you see, that's what happens when you kind of get you know into these lower rounds. I mean, you really don't even know what to say because there's really, when you think about it, not really much to say. But you know, and he was also basically you know projected to not even be drafted. But and he was not granted. According to this, he was not granted eligibility by the NCAA until the fifth game of the 2020 season. Huh? And he actually left the program, you know, for the second half of the 2021 season. So. So he missed. It, it seems to me that he, he missed a he missed a significant amount of time, and he started twelve games last season. But it mentions that he did not stand out, so th that would explain why he was projected to not even be drafted. So, but it mentions that he's got play strength and ball skills that are noticeable on tape, and is described as a high cut leggy route runner, but struggles to outmaneuver coverage and getting in and out of, in and out of breaks. But it's highly competitive and 50-50. And has run after a catch challenge to have his moments in the open field, but is but does not have speed. I mean, it mentions that his poor speed testing at the at the NFL scouting combine was tough for him to overcome. So, 
but believe it or not, I mean he's got some good he's got some strength, so you know that are worth you know taking a look at. Favorable blend of size and strength. Strong hands help and ball skills stand out. Agility and athleticism to pick throws off his back hip and can adjust speed to keep balls on target. Okay, but the weaknesses include insufficient footwork in releasing against the against the pressure, and outside release can be roadblocked by the athletic pressure as well. But upright and sluggish change of direction with routes and occasional imbalance before and after the catch. So that's a little bit of clumsiness. So. Honestly, right now, the odds of him making the team, honestly, I'm going to be extremely honest. Right now, if Jalen Brooks somehow manages to make the practice squad after the preseason, that would be basically, the that, that right there is the best thing I can see right now. I mean, if Jalen Brooks manages to shock everybody and impress well enough to actually get a spot in the 53-man roster, and, you know, probably see... I mean, like, like that, I'd be surprised. But right now, the way I see it is the best chance for Jalen Brooks is, is making the practice squad. And I really don't see anything else aside from that. I really don't. And this is no disrespect at all, so... But it, 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 it is what it is, and that, that's just how... That, that's, that's just how it goes, so... I mean, again, you know, honestly, right now, again, I, I don't, I don't see him, you know, as a starter. I mean, he, he may, if, if he makes, you know, the roster, you know, and gets, you know, becomes a special teams player. I mean, I, I could make if he's not on the practice squad. I mean, I would imagine that if the Cowboys have like, if there's like ten minutes left in a game and the Cowboys are up by like thirty points, then maybe he can see some some time on the field, but. If the Cowboys are up by that much, I'd imagine they'll run the ball to, to, just to end the game. But I'm, but I would, but I wouldn't. That doesn't mean that he won't, he won't be on the field. But I, I I doubt that he's gonna have the ball thrown at him. But but I'm solidifying the fact that Jalen Brooks right now the best chances is you know if if he makes the practice squad then that right there I I don't see anything aside from that. So for me is either the practice squad or or he's not a Cowboy. So. That's only that, that's honestly the most realistic thing I can say about Jalen Brooks, but but don't get me wrong. I mean, if if he proves me wrong and somehow you know, earns a roster spot and actually sees sees some time on, on special teams, then you know, then good for him. But again, it's we we'll have to see how things go at training camp and and how things go at preseason, and that's just really the way uh the way it's gonna happen. So. So, ladies and gentlemen, that basically uh wrap, wraps up uh. Our analysis recap of the Cowboys 2023 NFL Draft. You know, and I started, you know, basically, if this whole thing is a tremendous success or an abject failure, I mean, right now, honestly, part of me says I'm stuck in the middle, but I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, the negative side. And I really don't like being in that position now. The first three kind of tell one story, but... But honestly, right now, aside from Mozzie Smith and Fihoko Jr., the guy out of San Jose State and the linebacker out of Texas, um, I can't say that this draft for the Cowboys was impressive. And I'm not to call it average, honestly, so I'm not going to call it a tremendous success. I certainly cannot call it an abject failure. Right now, honestly, I'm basically in the scale of average to slightly below average 
Because I really don't think the Cowboys made much of an impact, but... Honestly, we just have to wait and see how things play out in the future, but... I'm just not, you know, fully, uh... Not fully satisfied, because I feel like the Cowboys missed out on too many opportunities in this one, but... We'll just have to see how things go in the future. But, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned earlier, wherever you're listening, if you can reach out to me on Twitter and, you know, in the YouTube, in the comment section on YouTube, you know, I'd like to know your thoughts. So, so have at it because your opinion matters. But, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboy Stock is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So, please... Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Thank you all very, very much for the support. I will talk to you all later. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless.